The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. episode finally another episode of how bizarre i'm one of your hosts chris chavez and i'm joined as always by my lovely wife i am aaron aaron chavez we have not done this uh show in a minute it's been probably 800 years i think yeah 2020 has been 799 years so yeah it's been about 800 years since we've yeah done an episode of how bizarre um good lord we have a lot of time coming up on our hands imminent lockdowns covid positive cases going up like crazy in this area yeah so i guess we'll just record more shows right got nothing (laughs) else to do we're not allowed to go anywhere else so um yeah how bizarre welcome back guys uh if you don't remember what how bizarre is uh you know history creeps right creepy history paranormal unexplained weird uh then johnny and i do that's that's odd where we discuss odd things from history, current times, um, sometimes funny, humorous. Uh, but how bizarre is different. How bizarre we decided we were going to turn how bizarre into disappearances. Yes, true crime and disappearances. Yes, the fact that it is bizarre when people just kind of disappear and there's no answer as to what happened. Um, so that's what we're doing with how bizarre usually uh, Aaron comes with stories. You've come with the past two or three, I think. I haven't really come with one in a while. No, because you're a um, slacker. I'm a slacker. I am. I am a slacker. Which so. is why this one took so long to record, <laughs> because this was his turn, and oh, I refused to no. bail him out. No, 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 that no, no. That is no. the truth. I mean, it was kind of the truth, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, things things have been a little crazy, but we're, we're getting back on track here. So I have a story for you. Today, before I even start, I just want to make sure you've never heard of. Have you ever heard of Marilyn Bergeron? Not the name doesn't mean the case might be yes. Okay, a little familiar, but who knows? I'm going to tell you about the mis- the mysterious disappearance of Marilyn Bergeron. Okay. On the morning of February seventeenth, two thousand eight, twenty four year old Marilyn Bergeron told her parents she was going out for a walk. Having just moved back to her family's home in Quebec just the day before, she wanted to stretch her legs before she had to begin unpacking. Dressed in a suede boots and a long black overcoat with fake fur trim, Marilyn walked away from her family home and was never seen again. Dun, dun, dun. So here we go. You ready? All right. Marilyn Bergeron was born in 1983 in Chicoutimi, the most populous borough of the city of uh, some of these are hard to say because they're French, right? Saguenay in Quebec. Uh, by all accounts, she was a happy and welcoming little girl with an interest in music. At the age of 10, she began uh, taking music lessons. In 1998, she and her family moved to Quebec City. Uh, the, I'm sorry, moved to the Quebec City borough of Hot St. Charles. Uh, She continued studies in music throughout her high school uh, career, and her mother recalls Marilyn constantly trying to get a band together. 
In a later interview, her parents stated that Marilyn had always shown an interest and appreciation for all types of cultures and uh, nationalities. She spoke English and French with equal fluency, uh, could speak some Spanish, and was learning Russian. Her parents also stated that her open acceptance of people would sometimes get her into trouble, as some of those people were bad influences. And she would sometimes behave recklessly. So from a lot of what I saw and read, they didn't really get into why they said this, like why they said it was behaving reckless. So I'm assuming it had to do with drugs, like alcohol and drugs, drugs maybe. Drugs promiscuity. Pr- promiscuity. Yeah, maybe. Um, <clears throat> after graduating high school, Marilyn went on to earn a degree in media arts and technology. In 2005, she moved to Montreal, where she got a job as a sales assistant at Steve's Music Store. She also did freelance sound editing for the local TV stations. Over the next couple of years, Marilyn established a life for herself in Montreal. She had a good job, good friends, and even set long-term goals of someday moving to Western Canada and becoming a flight attendant. She had been attracted. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. But the explanation is that she was very attracted to the idea of being kind of free, traveling and meeting different people and different cultures and just kind of being able to immerse herself in the world that way. But I just wonder why you have to move to Western Canada to be she a was, flight maybe, attendant. Who knows? Maybe she always wanted to move out there, right? And True. then she also wants to be a flight attendant. I don't think it had to do like one with the other. I mean, right. that's her long-term goal was gotcha. to go out okay. there. And she's and really young at this point, right? 20, and she's already graduated yeah. college, so she didn't spend too much time in Montreal. Yeah, so she's 22, 23, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, so she's 22, 23 uh, in Montreal. And like I said, you know, she's establishing a life there. Then suddenly, in early 2008... During a call with her mother, Marilyn stated that she wanted to move back to Quebec and that she no longer felt safe in Montreal. Mm. When her mother asked what was going on, Marilyn grew silent and then stated she couldn't say at the moment, but she would explain when she moved back. Mm, You know what my mind's going to right now. (laughs) On February 10th, Marilyn abruptly left her apartment and took a bus from Montreal back to her family home in Quebec. When her family tried to get her to open up and tell them what was going on, she would begin to cry. So over the next week, her family would help her go back to Montreal and pack and move her things back to Quebec. So she went out there a couple of times on her own. Then her family came out there, helped her pack up the rest of the stuff and then come back. But during this week, during this back and forth with them, uh, her family saw a change in Marilyn. She was no longer happy or outgoing. She had become quiet, many times on the verge of tears, distraught, and on more than one occasion, anxious to the point of panic attacks. When her mother asked her what was going on, Marilyn denied it had anything to do with drugs or debts or a relationship. When her mother asked her if she had been assaulted, Marilyn would not speak, but she began to cry. Right? That's my thing. My thinking is that way, too. I might be wrong. What was your first instinct? Mental illness right away. Okay. Yeah. But there's no other signs of it yet, right? Like there's nothing else that she's doing yet. Well, there's enough other signs, just the isolation, the sudden movement. Okay. The paranoia. So that brings us to February 17th, 2008. February 10th was when she left her home immediately. Mm -hmm. The 17th was 11 a.m. when she leaves her family home and never returns. That evening, her family reports her missing after they find her uh, that she left behind her purse, her phone, her ID, and wallet. The only thing missing was her ATM card. So Quebec City police immediately track her banking records and get two hits. The first is at an ATM shortly after 11 a.m. The security footage shows Marilyn attempting to withdraw $60 Canadian, um, but it gets denied. 
Um, she's seen looking over to her over to her left at something or someone off camera. Uh, investigations later would reveal that it was in the direction of a street that's adjacent to the building that the ATM, ATM was located at. She was still wearing her black fur overcoat, but this time she had a black book bag slung over her shoulder. Hmm. The second time her card hits, it was used at 4.03 p.m. to buy a cup of coffee at the Cafe Depot, 12 miles south of her family home. Upon investigation, the clerk confirms it was Marilyn, he stated that she seemed upset or depressed and had rushed out after purchasing the coffee. Okay, can we go back a little bit? Yeah, sure. Do you know why her card was denied for $60? Did she not, not have enough, enough mon- she money? She didn't have enough for that, Okay, yeah. all right. She had so. enough for a coffee, though. Okay, all right. Okay? Yeah. But here's my other thing, though. Who doesn't know how much they have in their account? Like, you might not have a rough idea, but, like, you would think 60 is pushing it, right, if you don't have 60 That's what I would think, but, I mean, she's 24. She's younger than... Us. Yeah. And I never would go down that she well was. anyways because I'm weird. Was 24 in 2007, but yes, yeah. or 2008. Um, a search was conducted with missing person flyer plastering uh, the entire place. There was news. I, I found a lot of news um, news stories. Like you can see them on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I wish I had stayed with my, my Duolingo French because a lot of it is in French. So it was like, <laughs> there's one that there's actually a, the History Channel. They have a... Um, a, a special that that's uh, a special series there done by a guy. He's he does the show, but he also used to do um, what is it when a negotiator? He'd be a negotiator. Oh, hostage negotiator. Yes, he okay. would be the hostage negotiator, dude. But he also has a show, and the fourth episode of the first season covers this case, but it's all in French. So I was like, oh sweet, let me hit closed captions, thinking subtitles, but uh-huh. closed captions going to show me. In, in French, French. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, this isn't going to work. Uh, so I had to read a few different, uh, there was a few articles on this. There's a Wikipedia on this. Then there's another, the inter- that National Missing Persons uh-huh. case thing is on is there. Uh, and then there's a couple of other videos on YouTube. Those are all my sources for this information. But it's all the basic same information. Okay. Um, in these in these these news reports, though, you would see they had people out everywhere just giving, you know, pictures of her, plastering it up everywhere, um, you know, they put out a, they put out a reward ten thousand dollar Canadian uh, was was offered for any information leading to her whereabouts. For the next two years, the case grows cold until January wow. two thousand ten, when a man contacted investigators claiming to have seen Marilyn in Hawkesburg, Ontario. She uh, he stated he saw her he saw her there regularly over the past year. Uh, he believed that she was living with a younger man and had moved around town a number of times. When investigators checked in at a restaurant that she was believed to frequent, a number of regulars claimed to have seen her there with a man. Oh. But that's as far as that lead went. She was never located. Wow. So if she, if it is her, she does not want to be found. It's weird how this is all going down, though, right? Yeah. This gets even crazier when it, as time goes by because more information came okay. out. Okay. Over the years, Marilyn's family petitioned for her case to be formally transferred to Montreal police as they believed that whatever happened to her originated from problems in that city. All requests were denied as Quebec police treat the case as a disappearance and possible suicide. Marilyn's family insists that there is criminal involvement. At a press conference in February of 2017, so now, just a few years ago, 
the Bergeron family increased the reward to $30,000 Canadian. They also announced that there was a tip line that had been set up for any information. And they felt because maybe there was people who didn't want to call the police but Mm -hmm. might have info, Mm -hmm. just call this tip line. Leave a message. We just will start following up and see if it's, it's legit or not. Later that year, at a second press conference in November, the family announced that the tip line had garnered 43 reported sightings of her. Uh, They maintained their belief that there was criminal activity at play. With them at this press conference was a college friend of Marilyn's who had experienced strange interactions with her in December of 2007, right before she moved back. He told the media that he had gone to her apartment to meet with her and then go out to a party on December 10th. When he got there... He was thrown off by the scene and her demeanor. She was sitting in the dark, listening to music, somewhat sad and depressed. This was a complete opposite of her normally happy and upbeat attitude. He said when they got to the party, her mood lifted and she seemed to be coming out of her funk. Then suddenly, in mid-conversation with another friend, she became very anxious and wanted to go home. He said when she got back to the apartment, Marilyn began crying uncontrollably. He tried to calm her, but there was no consoling her. When he asked her if she had been raped or had witnessed a murder, she had denied both, stating that something worse had happened. Oh, gosh. No matter how many times her friend tried to get her to say what it was, she would not. Instead, she responded, quote, You can't even begin to imagine what I've been through. Mm. Over the next few hours, uh, her friend tried to get her to talk, but she would not. He told the media, quote, I got the impression that she did not want to put me in danger. Since then, there have been no further developments in the case. So this is a little shorter case for us, but this is I want to discuss now, right? So there's a lot to this. And right when you think you might figure out what it is, something else comes up. And right. things that are sound a little bit more nefarious now. Something weird is going on, right? So your first instinct initially was mental health. Right. Because 20s. You know, the pressures of having gotten out of college, maybe now you're starting your life on your own. and Right. Just any sudden personality change at that time makes me think mental health because of my field, I'm sure. Yeah. Normal people don't think. And the way she said that she doesn't feel safe like that. Anytime someone talks about someone following them or not feeling safe or not being able to say why, mm-hmm. for whatever, that's where my mind goes to mental health. But there's also the chance that... Sure. She was assaulted. That's why she doesn't feel safe now. Right. Right. Because I mean, tell me that's easily that's going to change everything about how you do things, how you see the world, how you interact. uh, And that feeling of I want to just go home where I'm safe and I can be in my house and not out here in the world anymore. Right. And that's very common, obviously, unfortunately, for women, especially. Then there's the sightings with a man, which makes you think. So she wants to go off. For some reason, she wanted to move her stuff back to her house, but then she went off and did decide. Now this makes me think not, mental illness but no, again. No cell phone, right? No purse, no ID, nothing. No money. Like, just bring that with Clearly. you, right? So yes. then there's this other piece when the friend says this. This interaction happened way back, and then quote: "This is her exact say. It was exactly what he says she said to him. You can't even begin to imagine what I've been through." So it's either something really big and bad. Like what could be? Not not being raped, not witnessing a murder. Right. Committing a murder? You think so? I don't know. Because she had to? Like mafia after her? I don't know. To me, it's still mental illness is still the biggest thing. 
And there, well, yeah, because that's that's the part, like you said, that kind of paranoia, that kind of developed thing where you feel like they're coming after you. Right. I don't want to get you in danger. I don't want to say anything. Right. And then she leaves her parents' house with nothing and, and seems to, if these sightings are accurate, she seems to still be alive, but yet not wanting to be found. What we know for sure, what we know 100% for sure is she left the house wearing what she was wearing. And just minutes later, she's seen on security camera with, with a, a black backpack right. slung over her shoulder. And I'll show I'll show you the video after the fact where you could see her. She just kind of looks over her shoulder a couple times. And one of the investigators says it seems like she's looking at somebody that might somebody. be outside waiting in a car or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you're just kind of looking over at them. Right. So is someone in on this with her? Helped her disappear? So here's a theory that I have. Okay. It's, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it has, for me, I feel like it's a trafficking thing, but not against Mm -hmm. her, like not where she can't, like she obviously was able to move around and do these things. Right. But it was a trafficking thing in terms of like, you're coming with us and this is how we're going to do it. And if you don't, we know where your mom is. We know where your dad is. We know where your sister are. We'll just go and kill them all. We'll kill everybody. Right. So you have you're going to come with us and you're going to do this. And so instead of like, you know what I mean? And she doesn't want to put them in danger. So she wants to make sure all her stuff is home and not just sitting in an apartment uh, that won't get paid for. You know, it's at her parents house. And this is it that she just kind of went off because she had no choice. I mean, it makes sense. There's still some holes in that. But that's also like makes as much sense as the mental illness thing still. So for you, what do you say? What do you think definitively may have happened to like, There's nothing definitively here. Well, it's definitive in your thoughts. In I, your thoughts. What I, do you think it is? I mean, without knowing more information, I don't think I can make a definitive, you know, theory. But I'm definitely leaning strongly towards the mental health thing. It sounds like it like could what? have been... <clears throat> My first instinct was bipolar because you talked about impulsivity as when she was a kid and then like just the real depression and then becoming out of her shell. I think it was even past her being a kid. I think in her well, 20s yeah, and, her, and stuff, okay. still being that way, you know, kind of a partying. Because a lot of times when when uh, there was a documentary that, that it was like a 15 minute thing, but a video on it um, and it was discussing this stuff. It was showing a lot of her pictures from when she was like mm-hmm. a teenager and maybe in her 20s. You could tell a lot of them are parties, Party. like partying pictures, like, you know, some people are, are drunk in them. And, right. So yeah, my first instinct was bipolar, but then now this this disappearance now where she's been gone for 12 years and has maybe, you know, been sighted but doesn't want to be thought like that seems like more like schizophrenia, like the paranoid, like bad schizophrenia. You know there's plenty most of the homeless people out there are schizo a lot of them have are people with schizophrenia whose family might be looking for them. They just don't want to be found anymore cuz they're wow. paranoid and stuff. So it could be something like that. I don't know though. Wasn't that what John Nash had? Yeah. Beautiful well, mind. John Nash is a very, very, yes, he did have schizophrenia. A very, very rare exception. Most people with schizophrenia cannot like put together thoughts like he did. Obviously, he was a brilliant mathematician. So schizophrenia, unfortunately, ravages your brain enough where that then you can't even be organized. Mm-hmm. You can't even have organized thinking often, especially years without medication, which John Nash also went off medication like most people do with schizophrenia. He was just a rare exception. So I always tell people like that's not typical but but that's what he had yeah. that's what he had yes so and he did have some weird paranoia you probably don't know about him he renounced his u.s citizenship like he had 
things they don't show in the movie. He is there a ch- is there a chance that she could have experienced some sort of disassociative fugue after leaving the house, like immediate, like something? I don't know, because between the time, like you know what I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose she could maybe not know who she is. It's very rare for disassociative fugue, as you, you know, because we've talked about this before, yeah. to last this long. Yeah, to still be under a different identity or whatever. Like, how is she? Like, is she working? Like, have they hired a private investigator? Is she using her? Yeah, so the fi- the family okay. did. They hired in pri- private investigators. They've been trying to work with Montreal's p- police department. Um, they've done everything right. Like, they've they even went to that that Hawksburg mm-hmm. uh, or Hawkesbury in Ontario. Ontario. They went there and tried to look for her and talk to people and you know show pictures. Are you sure this is her? And yeah, people were like, yo, yeah, she comes in here with this guy, and but this then is she where was gone. Sit. Yes, she was gone by then. She wasn't living there anymore. So that, but yeah. the thing is, is the guy who called and reported this had waited a year to do it, having seen her in the town for over the past year. So that just feels weird too. Well, is it just because he just saw the tip number? Oh, maybe. And then he wanted to make sure it was really her. Maybe. Like you wouldn't wait a year, but maybe after he saw the tip number, he waited to see her a couple more times and be like, oh, but yeah. But you would have seen it her. on the news. You would have seen it all over the maybe news. Maybe not because Quebec City and Ontario are far away. I mean, they're not far away, but you know. I still feel like it would have been making There's, national news. I don't news. think so. Well, you know this. Like, I just Googled disappearances right before we got on, and there's this woman that disappeared in Florida two months ago. I'd never heard of this case. We don't know. There's so many disappearances mm. all the time that I don't think they make national news unless it's a, a very young, pretty white girl. Well, she was a young white girl. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> she wasn't young enough, under eighteen. I uh, feel like okay. Then they're more concerned about it, but because adults can, it, leave. you can leave if you want. Yeah, you can go do whatever you it want. It doesn't usually garner much attention unless it's like very like there's a blood at the scene or something. But like that. But the thing too is, is it, typically when you decide you're going to disappear and leave, it's planned. You don't go like with barely anything on you, a backpack that wherever that came from, and right. then you couldn't even take $60 out of your account. Right. Well, that's why if she disappeared because she wanted to, it was because of mental illness and she was not thinking clearly. Wow. But, I, you know, that makes more sense. Your sex trafficking makes sense, too. The fact that there's nothing, there's Something no records nefarious, of her. Whether it's because sex how is she getting money? Yeah, whether it's sex trafficking or what, it's nefarious in, in that way. You know, maybe yeah. they're using her to, to get girls. You know what I mean? And, and she has no, right. she has nothing, there's nothing she can do to get away from it. She has to do it. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, I don't know how, like, the, the public health system works in Canada so much. So I don't know, like here you'd get like a welfare check or something, but there'd be something linking you to getting public assistance. I don't know how that works up there, but I assume yeah. it'd be the same. So there would have to be records. So how is she living? Like, how is she supporting herself? Unless again, it's against her will. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But if she's mentally ill, she would have to be. Interesting. Or they can be together, right? She can have mental illness and also be sex trafficking. So great. Wow. Very uplifting. No, no, I know. But Mar- <laughs> Marilyn Bergeron, obviously, you know, for any of our shows, when we discuss these these missing people, we like to tell any of our listeners, if for any reason you are out there and you know something, you obviously call, let people know what's going on uh, because it's it's crazy. And I think it's it's given this family hope that they're getting these, these tips that she's still alive. But uh, like I said, that was the last thing was in 2017, 2018, and then oh. nothing since. So it's been two years with nothing on on the case at all. Nothing, no update at all. Nothing. So that's the thing about disappearances that 
freak me out the most being a loved one can you imagine just not knowing because, like at least if someone dies you can start to grieve you can know right jeez right. yeah it's it, it's uh it's definitely imagine. it's definitely scary yeah. so that is it that's the mysterious disappearance of marilyn bergeron well i hope that she is found at some point i hope so Safe. too i'll definitely keep an eye on this one i'll keep looking to see if there's any updates is that a google alert um and we should do that actually i think we should keep an eye on the ones that we do in the past so we can give updates if they come up again but this one for sure um you know the more i was reading into it i just felt like i just got really kind of involved in this world and i was really just trying to figure out like what was it there was this point something something happened in montreal so what's going on in Montreal, right? Do Is there a big problem with sex trafficking? I mean, we know it's a problem everywhere in the world, but is right. Montreal like a hub? Like, um, I don't know. We know, I mean, we obviously know about the mafia, you know, that, that, that the crime, crime, organized crime and that stuff's happening and it's, you know, it's flaring up right now. There's a lot of activity in the mob world. What if but, she's in the witness protection program? That was 10 years. I mean, we're talking 10, 7, 13 12, years ago. 12 years ago, yeah. What if she what? What if she was in the witness protection program? Oh man, can you imagine? Right. That could be it. That's what was so terrible that and happened that's why that she, she couldn't said tell she anyone. Couldn't say. Right. Wow. What if she is? What if so many a lot of these people become that, and it's just like that's crazy. Can't they usually tell their immediate family members? It would put them in danger. Yeah, I guess they can't, huh? It would put the family in danger. It would put them in danger. It's that's unfortunate that you have to put people through that, right? And and the people you love have to go through that, not knowing what happened to you. And then as soon as she was done with her testifying, like it was on February 9th, two thousand eight, and then she took the bus and went home right away. Wow! But that probably wouldn't happen. They probably would have put her in protective custody right away. Yeah, she was depressed, crying. I don't it's know. It's interesting. That's a that was a one I did not think of. But when you just said that, it was like, whoa, that could be it too. It really could be. Could be. I would assume and that's they why she doesn't appearance. need money. She didn't need any of that right. stuff because you're going to have a whole new life. And she got that card so she could quick just get the rest of her cash out oh. and probably was going to dispose of her card and then use coffee or get mm. some coffee or something. But then like she probably was like, OK, I'm, I can't I don't know how much I have. Like, don't you check to see how much you have before <laughs> you take it? I don't get it. Like, I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway. Weird. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we're close to Ontario, so, you know. When the COVID's done, maybe we'll go we'll up there go and, and uh, do some investigating. Um, <laughs> there you are, creepers. It's a short one, but it's a sweet one. It's a, uh, I don't want to say sweet. That sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, no. um, it, an, is, it is a short it's episode. It's an interesting one. It's definitely an intriguing one. Um, <laughs> but we're back. How Bizarre is back in the rotation. So look for us. I think next week is History Creeps. I can't keep up with the order, but. Yeah, I think we'll it's be History back Creeps. At some point. We got History Creeps, That's Odd, and then How Bizarre again is in three weeks from now. And by then, we're going to be deep into December. So you said you're bringing us a holiday. A holiday. A Christmas disappearance. Yowzes. For all you jelly ones out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks so much for listening to us. As always, please go check out all the other podcasts on the network, BICBP-radio.com. If you don't follow the History Creeps page on Facebook, go ahead and give us a follow. Uh, We post the episodes. We release them there. Uh, Every time they come up, we post them there. Um, And then you guys can comment underneath if you'd like. Other than that, (laughs) as always, when someone in the world says, that's bizarre, you say. How bizarre. (laughs) 